0: that's not what made you undateable. <laughs> you had like a fucking anal plug stuck up your bum hole. It's the fact that you then did a victory dance, like yes, naked yes. after pulling it out of your a-hole.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did a full blown, like it wasn't exactly a victory lap. It was a panic walk because like, I was just like, Oh yeah. God. Oh God. And I just like paced around his room like two or three times, like went and washed the anal plug, washed my hands. And then was like, okay all right okay so um (laughs) should i like you should want to missionary like what is it like like i just had to like get it out of my system so yeah
2: So let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. I am so honored today to be joined by two podcast queens, Jasmine and Lauren. They are the co hosts of Undatable Podcast. And I'm not afraid to go on the record and say their podcast is probably the most real dating podcast out there. And I know people are going to think like, what about the call her daddies of the world, but no shade to that show. But I think, you know, that's a little bit performative. That's another topic for another day. Whereas on undateable, these girls are their authentic selves. They share stories about their dick appointments. They share their most vulnerable moments, and I cannot wait to have them on the show. Welcome thank you so much
0: for having us yes thank you so much for that amazing warm introduction like i just cannot believe how excited we are to be here my entire body is excited from my toes (laughs) to my clit to the top of my eyebrows i'm just so happy to be here too much too seriously
2: never it's mutual
0: Thank
1: God. I love the fact that her legs were not included in that though. Like I, I don't know if you know this, but Lauren is also a double amputee, like has no <laughs> legs anymore. Sorry. They're just so sure
0: that, you know, like it's just I was just going for like where my like in, androgynous zones are. What is that called? Like
2: I like
1: Androgynous. Androgynous is a completely <laughs> Honestly-
2: different term. <laughs> Thank you, Jasmine, because that slipped past me. I was like, yeah, that's it. The <laughs> word. So word.
0: No, I always need a fact checker, truly. But I say it like it's, I say it like it's all
2: factual. <laughs> the confidence is always there and we're here for it. We love it. <laughs> yeah. We love it. <laughs> So I would love to dive in with what was your inspiration behind starting the podcast and I feel like we're actually on like very similar timelines like full disclosure I texted you both after I listened to your one year anniversary episode my one year anniversary like at the time that we're recording has not come up yet but is coming up in a few weeks so we launched the podcast during the pandemic. I feel like a lot of people did, but I think, you know, launching a dating podcast during a pandemic is a very specific choice and Mm -hmm. would love to hear about the journey that led you there.
0: Would love to share
1: it. Jazz, you headed this podcast.
0: So why don't you go ahead and start?
1: Yeah. So I had been told for a long time that I should start a podcast because for whatever reason, I just decided that my Instagram stories were like my outlet and I would just like post constantly about all these like horrible dates I had gone on and like, you know, weird text messages that I've gotten. Like, and I even like started an Instagram for like weird messages I would receive on dating apps. Like, and finally got to a point where I was like, Oh my God, like there's so many podcasts out there and like not to shade anybody, but there's a lot of podcasts out there that aren't even that great or that funny or that like you said like that real, like there's definitely some dating podcasts out True. there that are so performative or so out of touch for what I feel like I've experienced. So I basically was sitting there one day and I was like, okay, I'm gonna start a podcast. And originally the plan was, I was like, I'm going to do this alone. And like, you know, cause I don't want to like bother anyone with having to do a podcast with me but let's be honest, like, it's hard. It's hard to like do a podcast on your own. Like that's a skill in itself that I don't feel like I could carry. (laughs) And then I see this, this woman walking around my office and I'm like, that's a funny bitch right there. And I barely knew Lauren, but one day I literally texted her and I say this joke every time, but it was kind of like passing a note to someone in class being like, do you have a crush on me? Or would you (laughs) want to do you want to be my girlfriend? Yes, no, maybe. And I was like, Hey, um, I know we don't really know each other, but do you want to do like, A podcast with each other which talks about the most vulnerable insecurities that we possibly have. (laughs) The rest is history. We ended up going to lunch together. I am positive that Lauren scarred everyone at Mendocino Farms that day. (laughs) Because Lauren very loudly talked. Oh, and you talked very loudly about like of like a threesome experience that you had. And like, um, and we're the only people in the (laughs) restaurant that day too. Like, no one was there. It was just her and I like talking very loudly about our dating and sex lives. And yeah, from there we're like, let's do this shit. And then the pandemic hit, and Lauren went from someone that you know I, we just worked together to being one of my closest friends. So oh. it's been it's been an amazing journey.
0: Honestly, those people at Mendocino Farms, you know, should have said exactly what my sister would say when she would change and get naked in front of the window. They got more than they bargained for. And you're welcome. True, honestly, so, you know, uh, for me, I also have been told like a million times. I think we all, you know, have if you're like an outgoing girl and whatnot, like, oh, my God, you should be on reality television. You should start a podcast, mm. whatever. We obviously like our voices heard. So I had heard that plenty of times. And I wanted to do it for so long. I wanted it to be titled. Why is everyone going on second dates without me? It's a bit of a long title, but like, that was my journey. <laughs> Like, I was single. And I was like, I just don't understand why I'm getting ghosted. Like, I feel like I can read a room. They seem like they are enjoying this experience, this date. Like, why would they have planned their entire life around it if they didn't want to see where this is going? Like, especially if we don't even sleep together kind of thing. So I was like, at Mm -hmm. least with that, like, maybe they were just trying to like, it was the long game for them or whatever. they were just trying to get their dick inside me. So you know I'm like we are just a whole kind of thing and so yeah <laughs> I even had like a what is that called like a dating like a feedback for oh no feedback Love that. and I got like heat from it from friends like why does it matter what some guys think of you and I'm like I'm not asking them like for their approval I literally want to know for research scientific data reasons like where the fuck did the date go wrong? You jabroni? Like, why are you ghosting me kind of thing? And so I even like started that for a little bit. It didn't get that many responses. But honestly, it's a numbers game. I just don't think I sent it to enough people. And it had like very specific, like funny things like did I catfish you? Like, did I give you the friend vibes? Like, whatever? Like, where did the date go wrong? Was it like when I made out with my dog, which usually happens (laughs) on most dates. And then at the end, it was like, would you refer me to a family member or friend? yes, no, maybe. So I was like always still
2: looking for a referral. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. I can relate to that so much because I had this dating blog when I was in college. I mean, it barely saw the light of day, you know, like, and that's for good reason. I feel like that would be so cringy looking back on it, but I wrote this (laughs) blog post and it was a feedback survey that I wanted to send out to people to be like, why am I single? Like, not that I really cared in college, but I was like, It's kind of weird that like, I haven't come close to having a boyfriend and I was like 21 at this point. So yeah, I never had the gumption to send it to anyone. But I wish that I did.
0: Oh my gosh, I want to do it again. Like part of me like wants to do online dating again, just so I could like send that form out to anybody who like it, you know, it didn't keep going with but there have been people who I've seen do it like since then, like it's gone viral on the internet. And I'm not saying like, Mm -hmm. I created this like, Are any of us unique? No, like we all came up with the same shit. But I swear I am the first person I ever heard of that did it. Like I did that like five years ago. So I don't know. I think we need to bring it back. I think we need to make it popular. I think there's some type of business venture out there. We'll talk. Let's get into cahoots. But anyways, that's why I started the podcast with Jazz when she came to me. I was like, yeah, she's hella funny, like her Instagram posts literally make me laugh out loud. She's hot, like this is perfect. And to be told, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, It was before the pandemic. So I was expecting us to like get out there get rowdy. And our original idea was like, we wanted to make it feel like getting Sunday brunch with the girls and like the Mm. behind the scenes of that. And so we wanted to like share our debaucherous dating stories, our trials, tribulations, our heartaches, our embarrassing moments that most people are too afraid to put on blast, especially on the internet. And we wanted to just kind of be like a very relatable source for men and women out there who are on this dating journey, a lot of which is online. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit
2: about my reasoning. Love that so much. And you guys are such a perfect fit. I didn't realize, obviously I knew you were coworkers. I didn't realize that you actually kind of met because of interest about the podcast. I thought you were just like work wives and then like kind of talked it through. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that like, Lauren, you got scouted.
0: (laughs) Got scouted. We had gone, we had hung out one time previously and it was just to get our nails done. Like literally that was it. We were like each other's fans at work, but that was it. A hundred percent. We were not work wives. She has her own work wife. I have my own work wife at the same mm-hmm. company. We were not that for each other. And, but it, you know, now we're work wives.
1: Yeah. Aww. Yeah. No, it was exactly that. Like I was talking to my work wife and I was thinking about it and I was like telling her like, you know, I really want to do a podcast. I really like, I think it's time. Like, I'm just like too damn funny not to have a captive audience. Like, you know, again, I'm delusion. I'm, I'm self-confident to the point of delusion. <laughs> and then I like, I was sitting at lunch with her. And I was like, what if I did the podcast with Lauren? And my work wife was like, I would tune into that episode. I would tune into that podcast every fucking week if you two were on a podcast together. And I'm like, yeah, there's literally no one else like, I could even think of that I would want to do this podcast with. And yeah, that's that's when I was like, sent her my my text message of, do you, do you want to be my podcast wife? <laughs> And then,
0: of That's course, I don't, even, I don't even think of that. I'm just like, absolutely. Like, there is never hey, <laughs> I I don't go, okay, like, will this affect this? Or I'm just like, yeah, absolutely. Where Like, here's my credit card. Let's order
1: the shit. Literally, it's yeah, right. exactly what I did. I was like, here's my credit card number. Yep. We went ahead and we ordered all our audio equipment like it was it was a done deal. Wow, that is
2: amazing. And I will say like obviously I've loved my podcast experience and I like have different guests on every week, but like there is really something so beautiful to be said about having that co-host dynamic and like just someone who you can like bounce off of and like you have consistent updates every week and honestly highly recommend that anyone listening right now tune in after of course you finish listening to this episode, but it is well worth your time.
0: Thank you. Thank you so
2: much. Yes. So I want to hear a little bit more about like the explanation of the undateable brand. Like it's so great. It's so catchy. But what did you have in mind when you branded it undateable versus branding it? Like, why is everyone going on second dates without me? And what are some examples of undateable behaviors?
0: Well, I will say uh, Jasmine wanted to originally name it trap and deceive. And I was like, that's just not my, that's not my brand. Like, I wish I knew how to trap and deceive, like actually get me to that (laughs) point. Can that be like a saga to this one? Like volume two, once I learn how to fucking be dateable. I was at a Super Bowl party with a couple girlfriends and I was like, yeah, we're like trying to come up with a name. Like, what do you think or whatever? And our brand manager, Daddy, aka Summer, shout out to you, girl, actually came up with the name for Mm -hmm. us as how she was describing me at the party. So I feel like it was like very organic based on other people's interpretations
2: of who we are as people. <laughs> yeah, It's so funny because it's like, you're both obviously extremely dateable and it's oh, like your, you. your catches like clearly, but it is just kind of funny to like lean into, you know, realizing that you're an amazing catch hundred percent but also being able to like laugh at yourself and like just be super self-aware. Oh, absolutely. And it is like,
0: it's an ironic title because my girl Summer, she's been my best friend for over 10 years. And like, she is like actually my biggest fan. I think like she would like lick my toes to my soul clit, <laughs> like any chance. Like we <laughs> love each other so much and think that any guy would be lucky to be with either of us. So it's definitely like one of those, ironic things where it's like, we definitely do undateable acts. And (laughs) we have things that like, we've actually learned through the podcast of like, Oh, wow, I can see like, where that wouldn't lead to the end goal that I'm looking for. So it's been a lot of like, therapeutic aha epiphanies for us. But yeah, I just to just to give Summer credit where credit is due, she does not actually think we are undateable. She just loves to pinpoint areas in our lives all the time, consistently on when we do undateable things. Exactly.
2: Yes,
1: exactly. And Leslie, I do have a small request. Um, you saying that you think that we're very dateable and like catch, if you could make almost like a review video of Lauren and I that we can use on our respective dating profiles, or even on our Instagrams, <laughs> like if we could just have your stamp of approval, we be like, five stars from Leslie, like that would be perfect. Cause I feel like that would give us a vote of confidence for for the men out there. Honestly, I am here to be both of your hype
2: women. I feel like, you know, it's that cliched version of like how guys will be like, Oh, he's a catch from my mom. And like, do the fake reviews? No, this is the real deal. I'm here for it. I love that. Um, I love this journey for all of us. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So on your podcast, every week you share your most undateable moment. And we shared that when we recorded for your podcast. So fun. And over the past year, have you had any favorite or most memorable undateable stories that you've shared that you would like to recap for our listeners here?
0: Okay. So the one that came to my mind first is when I threw myself back on my bed, completely stark ass naked. In a very specific tone, I said, pussy, it's
2: what's for dinner. <laughs> just like beef,
0: it's what's for dinner. And I don't know where that came from, but it was <gasps> very unsexy. And the man I was about to sleep with was like, literally paused and was just like, that is your most undateable for the week. Go ahead and write that down right
2: now. I will not let you forget it. <gasps> wow.
1: I have, so, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I I have so many. It's, it's embarrassing. Like, honestly, I mean, I, I, I feel like the most recent one, which I just shared on the podcast is like the most recent and traumatic one where I had an anal plug get, get all the way into my asshole and I had to fish it out in front of a man and like just him seeing like the sheer panic and I'm already sweating. Like it just was like (laughs) very vulnerable to have to like fish out an anal plug out of my ass canal. Like, you know, it's just, it's just a lot. So I feel like that was super undateable. I'm going to always pulling things out of some canal as one of her honestly. moments. <laughs> honestly, she's not wrong. Like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Had a fi- yeah. Um, she doesn't even one. want to keep going. No, because <laughs> I just had a vivid memory of the other one and I was like, ah, oh, that sucks. Um, oh, no. Do you want to uh, know what it was? Go back
0: and listen to The Undateable in like one of the last like seven episodes.
2: Yeah. Just go oh through like God, eight yes. hours of
1: content. You'll find yeah. it. It's fine. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth it.
2: I don't think that makes you that undateable though. I mean, it happens all the time. I feel like at the start of the pandemic, I would see all these like memes where people were like, please like refrain from putting things in your asshole for now because the hospitals are flooded. Like we don't have time to fish things out of there. (laughs)
1: Like we are in a pandemic. Please don't do anything (laughs) fucking stupid. I swear to God.
2: Yeah. So no, I think there's nothing to be ashamed of. Also, I'm proud of you for like fishing it out yourself. You didn't even have to go to the ER.
1: I was determined. Like, cause that was my first thought. It was like, I'm going to have to go to the ER and I'm not gonna be that one of those people who's just like, Oh, I don't know. Like I have stomach, I have like a stomach pain. I <laughs> would come in like guns blazing and be like, there is something lodged in my asshole. It is traveling through my small intestines. I need you to get it out now. Like there's no, I'm not here to wait. I'm not here to lie about my situation. Like, yes, I was having intercourse, mistakes are made. Okay, and I'm here. Let's get this ball rolling. The theme of undateable, though, is usually
0: Jasmine saying something about her that's undateable and me or whatever guest we have being like, in that situation, that's not what made you undateable. <laughs> you had like a fucking anal plug stuck up your bum hole. It's the fact that you then did a victory dance, like yes, naked yes. after pulling it out of your
1: a hole. Yes. Yeah. I did a full blown, like it wasn't exactly a victory lap. It was a panic walk because I was just like, Oh God. Oh God. And I just like paced around his room like two or three times, like went and washed the anal plug, washed my hands and then was like, okay all right okay so um <laughs> should i like you should do you want to missionary like what is it like like i just had to like get it out of my system so yeah there's just an entire undateable and they both still nutted so like yeah, again, yeah. like
0: 10 out of 10. i feel like i would have gone to the bathroom maybe to like pull it out of my bum hole but like still yeah. it was a clean experience and honestly like anybody who's listening right now would be like i want to fuck with that bitch like she likes <laughs> to use anal plugs like she's a downright bitch let's go
1: Definitely not unfuckable. Not unfuckable. Definitely Definitely not not unfuckable. (laughs) Yeah. Our brand is the most fuckable, but also the most unbeatable. I feel like that's a good
2: balance. I love it. I love it so much. So also like, obviously you've already alluded to the fact that like guys are very aware of the fact that you have the podcast. It's not a secret. And so for me, that was kind of something I struggled with because, you know, I would go on these dates and I'd launched the podcast, but like, I wouldn't follow guys on like social until we were like a little more serious. So I never really had to bring it up. And I was like, when do I bring it up? You know, like if I bring it up too soon, they might like judge and like listen to episodes. Like I recorded an episode with my ex, you know, like I don't need them to listen to that and like get all that insight with me. I love but that. But then if I wait, it's like, okay, are they going to think I'm like a liar and that I was hiding it? So I would love to hear about your experience with how guys react and kind of just like how you address it up front.
0: Well, how dare them ever think you're a liar because you didn't share every single bit about yourself at the very beginning. I mean, like, it's not like you have a kid or something. Like you have right. a project, right? Like you have a yeah. business venture. Like, of course, you should not need to share that. For me, um, well, we're obvi- we are Insta official with Undateable, so it's kind of impossible not to know if you do look me up on social media, which I'm not that hard to find, and I do have a public profile. So I'd say it's nothing. Like I don't. I guess I don't always bring it up proactively. Like since we've started, I've dated two exes literally and I've dated referrals <laughs> so I haven't really had to really think about knowing when to tell them but also like my brand is too much too soon so I feel like of course I'd share that with them and I don't know to be honest the guys I date happen to be around me like literally while I'm recording the podcast so a <laughs> um like I'm just bad at time management so like they don't really have a choice and like B, I'm clingy as fuck. So, like, literally, I force them to be around me all the time. And I happen to be recording a lot of the time. So, like, I just, yeah, too much, too soon, maybe. But, like, I, one of my exes, like, went down on me during one of the podcast episodes <laughs> early on. Just, Wait, he attempted no to. He attempted to. So, okay. So, <laughs> he this was like, like pussy. no, I have to share he the story.
1: Didn't I didn't come, <laughs> but he licked my pussy. Share it
0: yeah i know he like oh he licked
1: it but like it wasn't like he was like all in there for like 20 minutes like i we were recording and obviously i could see lauren over facetime and i just see her like face <laughs> shift and like it's like as if lauren was trying to like lauren's face was basically like <laughs> i have a secret that you'll never be able to guess but her face was like screaming it and i was like Is he under the table right now? And she's like, How did you know? And like, because your entire body language is saying he's under the table in between my legs right now. And I like, and I could tell, like, those two freaks were like, Oh my God, we're totally gonna have this happen on air and no one's gonna know about it. It's gonna be like our dirty little secret. And it's like, no, 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 no. Lauren's face gave it away immediately like we have shit to do like let's let's get on this and then he like gets out from under the table wipes his mouth and is like hey jasmine i'm like go 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 build something go fucking (laughs) weren't she just working on a bookshelf go fucking build something okay oh my god wow you're the
2: multitasking your
1: listeners truly have a very accurate depiction of who i am as a person at this point yes and also <laughs> leslie's mom we are so sorry we're so we're, i promise you we try really hard we're like really good people i'm so sorry that this is your introduction you know what
2: us. i might tell her to skip this one yes, you know every right, so often yes. i get a pass yes. but don't uh, you her, but compare and like think like thank
0: god that like my daughter isn't like that
2: Maybe, but like, also, I feel like this is going to be an episode where I'm more open, so she's just going to be like oh. aghast at like the things that I share. Yes. So, like, I was going to say, like, okay, I haven't gone to that level, but my current boyfriend and I definitely had sex while I was like on hold with Verizon. So, amazing. I, don't know, I feel like it there's
0: like a certain power to it. Work smarter, not harder. Like, have I had what sex while on a Zoom at work? Absolutely. And was I super nervous that I didn't mute myself? Yeah.
2: That would be like my biggest nightmare. Like I've had times where, you know, like I'm changing because I'm like, Oh, you know, like it's an early call or whatever. I'm still getting ready for work. And I'm like, I would get fired because it's like, I forgot to turn my camera off and like everyone saw me naked on a Zoom.
1: There are just yep. some things like, I i mean, obviously Lauren and I have been through so much, but some things that she still says, I immediately have like a spike of adrenaline because I am just so fearful. Like in that moment, <laughs> I'm like, oh, she didn't meet herself. Oh my God. Like immediately just in a panic <laughs> after hearing that sentence. Holy shit. I didn't actually
0: meet myself and someone slacked me to meet myself. But not no, anything. <laughs> Oh, my god! terrifying. <laughs> I cannot.
2: <laughs> that is so amazing. I love living life on the edge, you know? Same. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever had guys react negatively? Like, it sounds like you've had largely positive experiences. And of course, anyone you date, like they're not worth dating if they're going to f- take issue with the podcast, but have you ever had any guys where it's like early on, you haven't like established that you're dating yet. And they've like come for you or like expressed any insecurities.
1: Yep. yep, I did. This guy and I are actually still friends, but we went on this date. It was like right before the pandemic really hit. Like restaurants were still open and we ended up like making out and all this stuff. And he was like really cool. Like I was definitely like interested in getting to know him more. And he knew I was working on a podcast and he obviously saw that I had posted the first episode. I hadn't heard from him or anything. And so uh, Lauren and I had continued podcasting and on one episode I had talked about like basically like like this guy's tonsils for an hour and he like Mm -hmm. hasn't called me and blah 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 but it's okay like the last time he texted me he's like I'm so sorry I've been at this conference and I was literally living a dick appointment so it's fine he ended up texting me been like hey like I've been listening to the podcast like it was actually like (laughs) kind of cool to hear like basically unfiltered like an unfiltered view of how you felt about things like but you know, can we like, can we talk? So we ended up talking on the phone and he was like, yeah, like, dude, he's like, your podcast is so fucking funny. You and Lauren are definitely going to like go somewhere with this. It's amazing. But I definitely want a woman who's a little bit more traditional, which is basically just like a dog whistle being like, I don't want like a nasty hoe as a girlfriend. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so that definitely didn't uh, work out in my favor, but honestly it's okay. Like it probably wouldn't have worked out anyways, but yes, I definitely had him and like maybe not like as negative a reaction, but I definitely feel like there's been guys who purposely try and like interact with me or like do something negative in order for me to talk about them on the Mm. podcast as well. So that's another one. Ew. I know. Yeah. I feel like guys just like are so ego
2: driven sometimes. And like, first of all, I think a lot of times they assume that they're even like worthy of being talked about of like, Oh my God, like I can't date her because like, she's going to bring me up. And it's like, I don't know, like, you might not even be that interesting. So like, calm down. Exactly. And even if I were to talk about someone, like I talk about my exes all the time, I'm not going to say anything except for the ex that was on the show and clearly doesn't care that much. Like, I'm not going to say anything that will allow someone to like identify who he is and like say his name or where he works or even like where he's from or anything like that. So like, give me some credit also. Right. Yeah. I've had,
0: I've had experiences where like, I guess for the guys I've dated, like it, we've had multiple talks about it, like while literally like dating, like they're over at my Mm -hmm. house all the time. I'm over at theirs all the time. And it's like, the conversation comes up of like, okay, if we were to ever actually become legit official and go public, like your brand, you're calling yourself undateable. Mm -hmm. So like when my family and friends and whomever, like, see your content like you are highlighting yourself in a very specific way and not everyone is gonna get your irony and so mm-hmm. I've had insecurities around that like if a guy doesn't if a guy thinks like I'm too sexual to be with him like you're not for me like you're like yeah. they're we're just not compatible because like I am a very like I use sexual jokes like I think they're really funny like I am just a very sexual person with my friends with like everybody and it's to me it's not like oh she a hoe or anything like Mm -hmm. I don't even I don't even like that term as being negative because I'm like we're each our own person like there's no script on who we should be and what like material is what like whether I'm girlfriend material wife material whatever the fuck it may be and so like if a guy is like that, I discredit him immediately and I don't even feel Mm -hmm. bad about it. But I do feel like I do get a little shaky and a little like a pit in my stomach if I feel like, oh, I did share about somebody who was that, did they consent to that? Like just because they dated me and I know I used a code name, but like Mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. who know me know who I'm talking about. Like, is that really fair to them that like I said they didn't last long in bed or like I said that like, they like only did missionary and like whatever the case may be like I do Mm -hmm. a little bit feel bad about that and I can understand why a guy might not want to enter into why I might not be compatible for him so whether or not he wants traditional like what Jasmine said like I don't like that term but like Mm -hmm. if a guy doesn't want a girl like me that's okay because I don't probably want a guy like him and that just means
2: we're not compatible. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it is like, yeah, it's just a way to weed out people who you're not going to be a match with. Mm. And I can see why if you're dating someone and you're like, Ooh, I might listen to their podcast and realize they're telling a story about me. That's like a little, yeah, I can imagine it would give people pause, but I will say, like you mentioned, you use code names. So the only people who are going to know are like your friends. And I think guys are kind of deluding themselves if they think we don't like talk about the stuff with our girlfriends. Anyway. Right. But, yeah. yeah. You're so right.
0: You're so real. real. Yes. And I've had guys who like actually are really intrigued by it. Like they're like, like, oh, you have a podcast. Like that's so cool. What's it about? And then they listen to it. And like, just for like everybody, like on the very first episode, like I literally talk about how I shit my pants on a date. Okay. (laughs) So like, like I am not just like out here just trying to be like super sexy. Like I'm being a real ass bitch. And so, but like, I haven't had a guy get deterred away from me because of any of the stories I've shared. Like, I don't know, maybe they're not like, I want her to be the mother of my children. Uh, I'm not like, I, I don't want him to be the father of my fucking children. So I don't care. Yeah. But Like, I haven't personally had somebody who wasn't, who wasn't at least entertained and like thought it was cool that like, I had a side hustle, you know, like, I feel yeah. like that's a turn on too. absolutely.
2: And like, so with my current boyfriend, it was like, I kind of didn't really have to deal with like, when do I tell you about the podcast? Because like, when we met, I had recorded some episodes, I knew it was happening, but I hadn't launched it yet. So I didn't even have like a vision of, oh, if he listens to it, this is what he's going to experience. You know, I was just like, oh, I'll just talk about it. This is my hobby. It's relevant. And so then when we rekindled, he already knew about it. It was like the cast already out of the bag and you decided Mm -hmm. you wanted to date me, even though you listened to a couple episodes while we weren't talking anyway. So fine. But yeah, I think it's like, just really great. And he kind of views it as like, yeah, it's cool that you have this. And like, you're so passionate about it. And I love that. And I think that the right guy will be supportive and will lift you up and just love that you have something that you're so good at.
0: Jasmine, and I've talked about this a couple times, we're like, okay, but if we do start dating somebody, like exclusively, and it turns into something like our name doesn't I don't know, does it like go with that brand? Like, is it can it be like an evolution of like, still undateable bitches, like, we still have funny stories, da, da 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 like, have you ever thought, like, oh, like, my podcast is about, like, going on dates in LA and, like, not being the quote-unquote, like, typical la girl like you know you've used the term average which again i think you're anything but average you're fucking gorgeous um like your (laughs) complexion i literally did a chemical peel to try to have a complexion like yours so it's just not gonna happen (laughs) but like have you are you fearful of that at all like what is going to be the evolution of my podcast if i'm like dating somebody and it like ends up working out well and we're in like this long-term relationship like where the fuck is my content going to come
2: from Honestly, I have thought about that, but I think that because I interview different people every week, it's like, well, I can like also siphon off their content too. Truth. And I also have interviewed people who have been in like very long-term relationships. Like I interviewed someone who is now married to his high school sweetheart. So like not traditional, like, oh, he's been on the apps and has these crazy stories. Like I kind of feel like I can offer content for single people, but also people who are in a relationship as well. So I think it'll definitely have to evolve. And eventually I will run out of old dating stories that I can rehash, but I think there's still like a path moving forward. And it's just a matter of like bringing out guests who can compliment or supplement my experience.
0: I love that. You can always borrow any of mine. Like they like <laughs> feel free, like I r- rent a bad date story. Like here you go, because <laughs> right? I literally have been on well over 100 first dates, well over a hundred first dates.
2: Yeah, I wish I had a count too. I'm sure I've been on over a hundred too. It's like it's just so crazy to even think about like how many bad dates you have to go on before you meet anyone like even remotely interesting. Yes. Oh my god, the numbers again. I'm telling you, lead gen is hard. Sorry, for anybody who like doesn't
0: know me, aka all of you, like I am in sales and I, I my terms for dating have to do with sales. So like a referral is literally just like a friend's friend, but I'm like, oh, I got a referral the other day and I'm referring to like a guy who a friend knows, or lead gen to me, is like using dating apps because it's like there's they're interested kind of, but like you have to vet them and they're like a
2: cold lead or a warm lead, et cetera. If that makes any sense to anybody who's not in sales. No, absolutely. And I used to work in consumer insights and the number of times I've referred to like things that I've learned on dates as data points, which is the least sexy way to describe Amazing. anything in dating. Incredible. So yeah, I'm there with you. Yes. So I know Lauren, you mentioned like, you know, that guys might listen to the podcast and they're like, yeah, they're entertained. And maybe for some guys, they're not necessarily thinking like, I want that to be my wife or the mother of my children. And I think that transitions perfectly. I wanted to talk to both of you about, you know, like the concept of wifey material. And I feel like that's something you see everywhere. It's like in the movies, it's on social media. And I wanted to get your thoughts on like, what do you think that really is based on like how guys and society traditionally define it?
1: I think that's unfortunately, I mean, we all talk about like being like wifey or whatever, but I feel like unfortunately that is really rooted in like very archaic gender roles. Like I definitely feel like the perception is, oh, she cooks, she's, she can clean. She's like domesticated. She's going to be able to raise my children. I can take her home to my mom. It's almost like she's palatable. I feel like is the way mm. that it comes across is she's not too wild and like, she's feminine enough. And like, she can do all these things that fit this very specific gender norm. Yeah. Cause like every time, like, I hear a guy talk about wifey material. It usually falls into like this domesticated realm um, and just not being someone that they're too afraid to bring home to their mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I I would 100% agree with that. And I think I've even seen it as just someone that they deem as safe and non-threatening. I think that like if they are nervous that like you like sex, then that means like, what if they can't fulfill you to your needs? Or what if you're too experienced for them? It's even perpetuated in media and on TV shows and whatever. Like, I just heard this on a TV show the other day, like I was like, I'm never going to be your first for anything, am I? And it's like, okay, why do you fucking need to be like, Why does that need to be where you find value in this relationship? I don't give a shit if I'm your first, like for things like that's okay. Like as long as I'm your last or whatever the case may be, like, I don't know why that even matters or why does it even need to be about first or last? Why can't it just be about like, you're what's in the present and I am choosing you. Like, that's always been my Mm -hmm. thing. It's like, I don't need anybody and I don't want to be with somebody who does need me. I mean, we all need a community. But like mm-hmm. just the need to like get married, like I want to choose you because I choose you. And so that's how I think like society defines it and like guys that I know. But to me, I think, you know, being quote unquote wifey material is like someone who truly wants to have a partnership through all right. the ups and downs with another person and embraces it. And, you know, like, I don't know, you you don't make solo decisions anymore. And like, you're going to embrace that. and. You know, I think it's, I think a lot of people think of it as like settling down because that's the term, right? Mm -hmm. Like settling Mm -hmm. down. And for me, I've been like, well, if that's what it is, I don't ever want to settle down. Like both of those words on their own are like nothing I ever want to do in life. Like I never want to settle and I never want to go down. I always want to go up. So like, why is this even something I'm like aiming to be? Do any of us even really know how to define it?
2: Yeah, I love that so much and like I do agree that I think sometimes there's a perception where settling down is like okay like you kind of lived your life and now you found your partner and it's time for you to just like take a little back seat and like put some of those like passions and like that fiery nature behind you but it's like why does that have to be the case? Mm-hmm. I feel like you need a partner who is going to lift you up. I agree that be, like the true definition of being a wifey should be this is your ride or die. And like, this person is going to support you and bring out the best in you, but not necessarily saying, like, oh, now I have to sacrifice my individuality and all the right. things that made me like fun before we were together.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's just really hard to find somebody with that same mindset who also wants to be in a committed relationship. Like, I've talked about one guy in particular on our podcast a lot. I call him Dallas Cowboy, and he is amazing. We actually met, like, right before Christmas 2019 at a gay bar called The Abbey in Los Angeles. And yes. we ended up, my friends left. We were, like, celebrating a girl's birthday. He was out there, like, for a wedding and, like, with one of his friends who was gay. And he was like, yeah, I'm down for whatever. Long story short, we ended up, like, having a threesome that night. Like, me, him, and another guy. They Neither of them were gay. Like, we had just met. And it was fun. And they both, like. I was the center of attention, which I loved. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, oh, I'll never talk to him again. When I woke up the next day, I was like, oh, my gosh, like I that was so much like, of course, he's just going to think that I'm only sex and he's not going to think I'm anything else besides that. And then we like Ubered back to the hotel. I had to go into Intercontinental in downtown Los Angeles and nothing but a fucking song song because that's all I had been wearing the night before a Santa hat what? <laughs> it's like a really Stop. cute outfit I'll like send you a video and a uh, pic.
1: <laughs> yes um,
0: but we like do all that and he ends up like we are texting and everything and he ends up staying a day later just so that he can hang out with me and he ubers to Long Beach and we like go to dinner we like have it we have the best time <laughs> we obviously like fuck until the sun comes up I end up having to go to Dallas for work like a month later he stays with me at the hotel the entire week I was there and like we've just wow. been like off and on talking ever since like we'll still FaceTime for hours in and in, in between relationships and whatnot and it's been over a year now like a year and a half at this point point. and he just is like he never judges me he like wants what's best for me he's not threatened by hearing about other experiences he was like one of the first people to tune into this podcast like give us notes like be our supporter like hype us up to his friends and people and like that is like the type of guy that I like want like his idea of like feminism and masculinity and his open mindedness but like we're also never going to be together because there's things like because that's not what we're going to do and that's okay but it's hard to find somebody who like I meet with on that level who totally accepts me for who I am, who like also wants to like get married and have kids.
1: Like I haven't been able to find Mm -hmm. a person that's both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, I think it really stems from the fact that if we just look at how sex is perceived by women, I feel like we've made a lot of progress over the last few decades to say like, Hey, women are sexual creatures. We're not just like, you know, domestic individuals who are just here to like pop out kids and have like no sexual desires. Like, Lauren and I talk a lot about like the Madonna whore dichotomy quite a bit on our podcast too, mm-hmm. We're like, you can't be both. You have to either be a saint or you're a whore and there's no in between when that's not true. And I feel like women have really, really progressed and have become a lot more embracing of their sexuality but I feel like men haven't done that. And there's still so much stigma attached to women owning their sexuality. And it's like, look, can I cook? Hell yeah. Can I clean? Absolutely. Like I will make a beautiful macaroni and cheese and bring it to your mom's house, but I will also try sucking your dick on the way home. Like I can be both those Mm -hmm. things and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But to Lauren's point, it is hard to find a guy who is so comfortable with that aspect of you and it's almost like they they're okay with you being sexual, but only for them. Like the thought of you even having yes. previous partners is like, like they. It's almost like they want you to have never been around any other guy in your life, but somehow know what to do in the bedroom. But I know no how to do a fucking you, cop. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right? And then, but yeah. God forbid, on top of it, you're sharing these experiences publicly with your listeners. Like it, that is so. It takes a very very special man to be completely okay with it it's not exactly a red flag, but it's something that I definitely look out for. I like when I do end up telling a guy about the fact that I have a podcast, cause it's kind of hard to keep a secret for a while. Cause they're like, Oh, what are you doing mm-hmm. all day Saturday? And it's like, um, <laughs> or it's like, why are you up so late? And it's like, ah, like maybe I'm editing something <laughs> like, you know, so it's like at, at some point, like it's hard yeah. to kind of not tell them about it. And when mm-hmm. I'm said, Oh yeah. Like, you know, I work on a podcast in my spare time. They're like, Oh, what's it about naturally. And I'll, I'll say, Oh, it's about, like a sex and relationship podcast, if they're like, Oh, what is it? I want to listen to it. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like if they're like immediately like needing to hear about it, that kind of sets off an alarm bell in my mind. But if they're like, Oh, that's cool. It's awesome that you dedicate time to that. And they're not trying to find out follow up. Like they're not asking follow-up questions. Like what's it called? Where can I find it? Where can I listen to it? I feel a lot more comfortable because they know I am talking about sex publicly, but they don't feel a need to like devour every bit of content I've put out to like figure out who I am and whether or not I'm a quote unquote Mm -hmm. safe bet.
2: Mm, yeah yes yes god so much of what you said i feel the exact same way even you saying guys want you to be like this sexual goddess but like only for them i feel like that's been in pop culture ever since like the term lady in the streets um, freaking the sheets, sheets. Was yeah sure yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. who was that yeah i think it was ludicrous right? it, like, it was yeah, oh, yeah. and it's like in his be little like, his little yeah verse. so it,
2: Technically both, they both signed off on this and it's just like, yeah, it's unfair to say you should be a sexual deviant, but like no one can know about it except for me. Except for me, it's special for me only. Yeah. And like, I don't know, that guy who is like saying, um, oh, I'm never going to be your first for anything. It's like, um, you're not dating like a 17 year old, right. like you're dating yeah. a grown ass woman. So what do you expect? It's so bizarre. But part of them wants to date a 17 year old again. Yeah. Why do you think
0: I that's a chemical true. feel? trying to look underage <laughs> just kidding these are but jokes
2: but <laughs> no you're you're right though it's like oh true. my god yeah yeah it's so true I mean look at Scott Disick right oh my
1: god I couldn't <laughs> talk about that forever like the same fact that he got all upset about um not <laughs> her and I are like we- if you listen to her if you listen Undateable, i will agree with half the things that lauren says and then she'll keep talking and i'm like no i can no longer agree um, no it's like the fact that like he's date he dates like girls who are like 19 years old and then you know courtney's like so supportive and i just read recently like that Courtney's like not supportive okay well i'm not as invested in the kardashians but i feel like she just like doesn't say like so much shit actually i'm not even gonna say that um but I read recently that he was like kind of throwing a fit about her having a relationship with Travis Barker. And it's like, of dude, course. you've dated like girls that are half your age, if not younger. And it's I like, less. Yeah. And it's like, and like, how come you're having an opinion about your ex-wife having a completely consensual relationship with another adult? Like, I just don't, I don't get it. Well. I mean, I have so
0: many opinions about this. But again, this is not a pop culture uh, podcast. But again, like, I mean, I don't know if I would want like my I mean, Mason is like fucking a teenager. (laughs) Like, does he really want to see his mom getting her ass groped by like some guy that she just started dating on fucking Instagram where all of his friends can screenshot it? Mm. Like, I'm not taking sides. But like, that is
2: weird. Yeah. I mean,
0: like, I am. I'm pro travis barker and like courtney kardashian like i love travis you know what i mean um uh but mm-hmm. like i don't know i mean Travis obviously but anyways mm-hmm. again enough of that yeah there is double standards though because i'm sure if it were like the other way around and he was like grabbing sophia richie's ass or whatever the fuck her name was right. like it would have been okay and like it wouldn't have been a thing mm-hmm. you know what? and i can see Absolutely. my own bias in
2: that as well that i'm trying to work through Yeah. And I think that's a great transition because I feel like, you know, as women, we love to like lift other women up and like, we want to own our sexuality and all of that. But I still think like, there's a lot of internalized stuff just based on like how society depicts us. And even the idea of being like a wifey or being Mm. a cool girl, I feel like it's really perpetuated by women as well. And I listened to your pick me girls episode. And it's so interesting to give like, I guess actually, I would love if you could give an explanation of it, because you clearly did your research and will explain it way better than I could.
1: So basically, a pick me is a woman who kind of like puts down other women in order to seek validation and approval from men. So for example, it's like the girl who's like, Oh, I can never spend that much time on my makeup. I just put on mascara and I go and it's like, okay, like that doesn't. So who fucking cares? Or it's like, "Oh, like, all these other girls are like really not into sports, but I fucking love sports. Like I'm like, just like one of the guys I'm like, I don't have girlfriends. Cause they're like too much drama. And it, it's like this um, like, this constant need to invalidate other women's, you know, experiences, their likes and, you know, in order to elevate themselves and make themselves palatable to men. And it's like, you're not winning regardless. Like you're just perpetuating patriarchy and you're playing into it, whether you think you're being against the mold or not. Like, please, Bethany, for the love of God, please take a seat. Like Jesus Christ, you're wearing us out. Um, So that was like the that's like what a pick me girl is.
0: And basically, I think it's just people also who like define themselves by what they're not and others Mm -hmm. are or vice versa. Like they're constantly Mm -hmm. on the defense. And I don't know, I think it's like very natural to who we are as humans for this, this problem to exist, like the pick me girl or like, whatever the version is for like a guy if that exists but like I think people have to define what the quote-unquote like ideal of a gender is or a role is or whatever so that everyone knows what to work towards like who's Mm -hmm. in the in who's in the out and like I feel like that's the way we build ourselves up is based off of like what others are not like that's very pick-me-girl type of like, what's behind it all, you know, like, why are they doing that? And I think it's because like, if all of these girls, like all these hot mama jamas are all wifey material, then what makes me stand out? And like, if that girl's super sexual, and like, she's like, throwing it all out there, and I'm either not sexual, or I don't feel comfortable doing that, like, I have to put her down, because I am so threatened that like, the guys will want that, that I have to show like why I'm different and why like I'm actually like the real wifey material. That's the way
2: I look at it. mm yeah, that explanation makes a lot of sense. And I always like make comparisons to the behaviors that we exhibit in dating from an evolutionary standpoint, mm-hmm. No biology major. So sometimes I nerd out and that makes a lot of sense. It's like dating is competitive. And as much as we have evolved as a society and as a people, there are just certain things that are kind of like instinctual. And I don't think that I tear down other women, you know, like I really don't believe in that at all, but I will say that there were times when like I felt guilty of like trying to seem like the cool girl because it's like, that's the girl who guys want to date where I'm like, oh, like all shotgun beers and I'll drink Irish car bombs and I drive stick shift. And it's like, those things are all true. But like, when you're bringing them up just to brag, when it's like, that's not actually that cool. Like shotgunning beers kind of makes you like a low key alcoholic, not like a more dateable person. It's like, why are you doing this? Like, why do you feel the need to broadcast that about yourself?
0: Oh my God. I can just like naming off times in my head when I've done that with all three (laughs) of those examples. And again, like, (laughs) I don't think I'm that girl who is like trying to purposely put down other girls. I think we're all trying to show like what makes us different. Because again, that's like, it is evolutionary. It's also just like the society we live in. Like that's how you can become successful at a business. Like you need to put yourself out there and show what makes you different. Right. But I think like the problem is and the the bad thing about it and what it turns into, whether we're doing it internally or externally, is that we are judging or negating somebody else because we are insecure. And it has to do Mm -hmm. with like our own insecurities. And so when I see somebody do that, I'm just like, oh, that like makes me sad for you because I like know what's going on behind the scenes because I've done enough work in myself to learn like what's going on behind the scenes in my own head and in my own heart when I'm starting to feel like I need to tear down someone else in order to make me look better or
2: different. Yeah. I'll always go back to Katie Heron's monologue at the end of mean girls, where she's like calling someone else fat won't make you skinny. And I know that's like a really cheesy moment, but the sentiment behind it is really valid. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. I also feel like kind of this thing in society, it really just perpetuates a lot of men's bullshit, right? Because it's like, when you feel like you need to be the cool girl, I feel like it can make you self-conscious about being seen as like high maintenance or crazy. Mm -hmm. So then like guys will get away with a ton of stuff. Because you're like, well, I don't want to be like
1: other girls and I don't want to be a nag. And so I'm not going to bring up all these Mm. things that are bothering me. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's just, it's such a way to control women and just like whenever a guy like calls woman high maintenance, I'm always just like, okay, we'll just say that you can't afford her and go like... (laughs) whether it's like emotionally or financially, just like, just, just say you have little, little wallet energy and go like, I'm sorry, but like, little wallet I can I cannot I deal it. with that. Like, but I do feel like it does play on women where we end up, you know, not wanting to quote unquote, be like other girls or be like other women where it's like, Oh, I don't want to be like seen as a nag. And like, let's be honest, like women are socialized to take care of other people. And men are absolutely socialized to think for, about themselves first and foremost. And for a woman to like speak up and speak her mind it's almost like saying you're not supposed to have an opinion like this is a man's world let me do what I want and like I'll figure it out on my own but you need to like just sit down and be quiet I feel like it's just such a a, such an archaic way of making women feel like they can't have a voice and if they do they're a nag and they're annoying and it's like when a guy speaks up it's seen as powerful. Like, Oh, he speaks his mind. He's a straight shooter. Like he's no bullshit, but a woman does it. It's like, God, she's so hard to work with. Like, she's so bitchy. Mm -hmm. Like she's so opinionated. Like, Oh my God. Like, do you always have to have an opinion? Like the same energy and the same credit isn't given to a woman as it is a man for the same reasons. Yeah.
2: It's really, really unfortunate.
1: I'm Jewish. So it's like women
0: are actually like women have a lot of opinions in Jewish culture and we like are never afraid to say it. And if you go to Israel, like this, actually this, like inequality in gender really does not exist at all. Like it does in the States. Like Mm. women are, are seen to be like, Oh, of course she's a CEO. Like it's never a, I, I don't know the if there is a pay gap there, I actually haven't looked into that. I fucking should. Um, so like fact check me, but I don't believe there is one. Just because, like, women are really held to esteem in Judaism. And so, for me, like, if you date this bitch right here, like, you're gonna know what I'm thinking. If you're like, ask me what's for dinner, I'm not gonna be indecisive unless I literally don't give a fuck. Like, I will tell you exactly (laughs) what I want. I will tell you exactly why I'm upset. Like, if you're like, babe, why are you upset? I'm never like, I don't know. Like, it's fine. I'm like, because of this and this and this and this and this. Here you go, bitch. And so, it's is difficult, though, like that being accepted, like I feel like people like that about me, but I think there's a point where it gets old because it does feel like naggy a little bit, and I'm just uh, I mean, I think we have to like choose our bottles and everything, and there's better ways that I can do it sometimes. but like if I don't get this out now, I'm just gonna hold it against you, so like mm-hmm. here it is, and uh, I I've even used that term like I don't want to I don't want to seem naggy but right like when I'm starting Mm -hmm. off a sentence because of like what culture has told me is naggy even though I'm like I feel Mm -hmm. comfortable doing it I've just been told by culture that I shouldn't feel as comfortable stating my mind as I do and so I've seen that like wear off on me whereas it's interesting though because I think my natural inclination is just to be like blunt as a motherfucker
2: yeah. And it's not fair that you feel like you have to give that disclaimer because the same men who are saying women are so confusing, women never speak their mind are then probably going to be the same men who are like, oh my God, I can't believe she's nagging and is
1: like so vocal about X, Y, and Z. Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Couldn't agree more.
2: Okay. So I think we should turn it around and talk about the male equivalent. And is there like a societal equivalent of what makes a guy husband material? Are there any like negative stereotypes that are perpetuated with that? I feel like, you know, probably nowhere near as many as there are for us women, but would love to hear your thoughts on like, what does make a guy
1: husband material? Hmm. Let's see. I'm, I'm trying, like, as you said that I was like, kind of checking myself and thinking like are my ideas of husband material is is that rooted in like archaic gender roles but after thinking about it for just two seconds I want to say no like I feel like it's someone who wants to be a true partner with me in life like they are here to like support me and they're here to push me to be a better version of myself every single day and they're also thoughtful like you know if I'm having a bad day if my my partner was like, Hey, I got you sour patch kits. I know it's one of your favorite candies and you're having a bad day. Like that's like, that's extremely sweet to me. And so it's someone who's like able to think outside of just their own bubble and like be empathetic and, and support me. And like, I always have that dream of like being a quote unquote power couple with someone where it's like, we're constantly pushing each other to be the best versions of ourselves. Um, and they, and you know, communicate our, our thoughts, our needs, our feelings with each other in a healthy way. To me, that's husband material. Like it has nothing to do with like, can they change my tire? Like it'd be cool if you can, but if mm-hmm. you can that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like that's what AAA is for. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, it's like evolved over
0: time. I've seen it change on like what I deemed husband material. And I think it obviously just depends on the person. I think there's an element where I do feel like I fall into like societal standards of like, Should the man make more than me and it's like, I don't care about that. But like, sometimes I do. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it's an awkward tension in the relationship If like, I make more than them. And like, they're paying for the date, like, I feel an awkward tension, whether or not it's there. And there's a biological element of it as well. Like, I do feel like, well, I want to know you can support us if like I decide to like have kids and like, I don't want to mm-hmm. like, how much maternity time do I get? And like all of those different things. And like, if we have multiple kids, like, does it make sense to pay a nanny or like, what I, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all these different things when I think of like, quote unquote, like husband material. But I think when I really think down to it, I want it someone who is a really hardworking, who's passionate, but who chooses to like put me first and someone who I can mm-hmm. trust to do that and knows what he wants and is willing to to work for it. So I guess that's what I think of when it comes to husband material, but I also like my dad was an electrician and very handy and there's an element of like this little girl inside of me who does want someone just like my dad. And so I do want someone who's like good at that because I'm like I'm not. And I don't want to be like, I'm sure I could do, yeah. but I don't want to. But I'm also like, eh, who cares? Like, we can delegate, we can pay someone to do it. But there is like a yeah. level of that that's like attractive to me when a guy can work with his hands. So it's like, I don't know, I just think someone who makes me laugh and is good to me and supports me and my dreams, whether or not they change down the road, like, To me, that's husband material, but I also feel like there is societal standards on a man should make more and a man should, you know, do X, Y, and Z. I do Mm -hmm. see like the pressures that men have on them and I'm not blind to
2: that or think that it's only women. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think there's so much to unpack because it's like, you know, when I think about, okay, like how much do I want my future husband to make? It's not about like the man has to earn more than the woman. I think it kind of goes back to like the power couple dynamic that you mentioned, Jasmine of like, I don't know. I just want someone who can live like the same type of lifestyle that I want to live. And not all of that is money. Like if I were to marry a millionaire, but he's like, Oh, I don't want to spend our money on vacation. That's a waste of money. Okay. That's not a match. We're not going to have the same lifestyle that I want to have anyway. So it's about like yeah, are we on the same page? And like part of that is finances, but then a larger part of that is values.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And like you made such a great point. It really is about like, can't do we have like a similar lifestyle that we're striving for or that we currently have? Like I previously was dating someone who you know didn't didn't make a ton at all, and my friends were like, oh, we were gonna do like a quick little trip to Mexico. Ask your boyfriend if he can come, and I had to be like, he can't because one he can't afford it and two like he has to give like a month's heads up because he works retail in order to take time off and like that sucks like that sucks because I mean I'm fortunate it's not like I'm sitting here being like well that's like on him like I know I'm fortunate and I know I have a privilege especially now I work from home I'm remote forever as long as I work at this company I make good money I can take care of myself and I can do that I can go on a trip over the weekend to Mexico if I want And for me, like, that was actually a really defining moment, because I previously used to say, like, well, I don't care how much they make. And to some extent, I don't necessarily care how much they make. I obviously prefer that it's comparable to what I make. But it's also like, do you have the flexibility that I have? Like, can you Mm. come with me on these trips? Like, it was really eye opening that yeah, like, as much as we want to like, quote, unquote, not be like that girl who's so shallow and like materialistic, like, finances do matter. And we're kidding ourselves, if we're going to sit here and say that it doesn't matter how much someone makes, like it does, because they need to be able to match our lifestyles and what we want in our lives too. Mm-hmm.
2: It's so true. Like there's just so much to consider and it's so nuanced. And I feel like we could literally talk about this forever, Agreed. but I kind of wanted to derail a little bit. And I know this is a little less serious. It's not quite husband material, but on your podcast, you've talked about boyfriend Dick, So kind of talking about like different archetypes that men can fall into. I would love to hear what your explanation of boyfriend dick is. Well, shout out to Harry from
0: Too Hot to Handle, one of the like most viral dating shows during the beginning of the pandemic because like way to go for him for fucking branding boyfriend dick (laughs) and creating sweatshirts off of it. and And like he literally created a brand for himself based off of like giving boyfriend dick. But like when I think about it, I think of like, somebody who like kisses my forehead like I know we're talking about Mm -hmm. dick but like that's what literally is the first thing that came to my mind is like oh boyfriend dick is like when you're like giving me like soft and slow not just like doggy style sex and you like Mm -hmm. very like sensually like kiss my forehead and like move the hair out of my face and like I don't know like that's what I think of when I think of like boyfriend dick and like I'm literally like getting wet just thinking about
1: it. Fuck. I want to, to <laughs> actually I had no idea that boyfriend dick was like a term that was from like too hot to handle like I just learned something new I, had, I didn't either I had no fucking idea um <laughs> we talk about this all the time but like the bar is on the floor and it's so sad like it's <laughs> literally someone who asks me like for consent who like especially when like when we're in the act be like oh is it okay if I do this like is it okay if I do that or like and it's like truly making sure that we're having an experience together it's not just two isolated people trying to get a nut it's we're, this is something that we're doing together. It's something to experience together. Like one of my current partners is the epitome of boyfriend deck. Like he's always like, like the way that he kisses me before anything happens, it's like soft and slow and tender. And like the way that he holds me beforehand is like, it almost, it feels loving. And let's be clear. Like there's no deeper emotions attached to, to our situation. Like We set a very strong understanding from the beginning that this is very casual, but in that moment, it feels very loving and it feels like a very safe place. And I've had some of the best sex in my life as a result because I'm I feel safe. I feel comfortable because I've had mm-hmm. sex with other guys, most notably like the guy that I was having sex with for the last like two years. And it really feels like a transaction. It feels like I'm here to have an orgasm, and you're here to bust a nut. Cool. Like and we're pretty much just like trying to take care of ourselves while using the other person. And it shows and I don't feel as safe or comfortable with him as I do with my current partner. Um so I feel like that's an element too of There's empathy and he actually cares that I'm having a good experience, but on top of it, I feel safe and I feel cared for. Yeah. Oh my
2: God. Everything you guys were saying, like just gave me flashbacks because when I first heard this, I thought about one specific person and it was like, we used to date, we didn't date for very long. And so we never got to the point of like saying, I love you to each other. But every time we had sex, I would just be like, Oh my God, it's like, he's in love with me. You know, it's that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fucking confusing because we hooked up, you know, after we broke up also, and it still felt the same way. And so it really like kind of fucked with me where I was like, my God, like he's definitely in love with me. Like, we should get back together. And mm. it's like, no, like you can have boyfriend dick without it meaning that you need to be with that person.
0: Yeah, that's just yeah. hard because sex does like it does bind us. Like, there right. is it an does. element of like it's literally your bodies like join together. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. there is like scientific research that goes into like what happens when you orgasm and whatnot. But I personally have had fantastic sex with people who I don't feel an attachment with and I can continue to have great sensual sex with them. But I think you, not everybody can do it. And I think it takes time to get there sometimes as well of like being burned a few times to actually figure out like, oh, like I don't actually want that with them. I just am enjoying this moment and that's okay to enjoy this moment with someone without it needing to go into the next step or like a next stage or something like that but that's a hard place to get to but mm, do i love some good boyfriend dick i had boyfriend dick with a guy that i met in vegas okay oh my god when was that like a year and a half ago or two years ago literally we just met in date in vegas like we've only ever fucked in vegas for like a night and like it was such good boyfriend dick oh my god he was like hitting every spot the way mm.
2: God, it's like, it's so hard to find. But when you find it, it's like, damn. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, it's almost a right. to hold on to that.
1: It's, it is, it it's is. dangerous. No, it is. Because there's times where like with my current partner, I'll like text him and I'm like, Hey, uh, I know we just, we just saw each other two days ago, but do you want to like hang out tonight? Because like, I, I need a fix. I need something. And I was talking about on our last episode that I'm like, Oh man, I need to like rebuild my roster because you can't ever let a man know, especially when you're casual that he's the only one you cannot let them know or make them feel in any type of way that they're the only one you're seeing because that's they take you for granted and they ghost and i'm like man but it is like so addicting and for whatever reason like as soon as i see him i want it again like within 24 hours i'm like damn like i'm willing to drive back up to los angeles to have that dick like no questions asked It sucks because I feel like everyone's like, don't play games with dating, but I feel like
2: especially with men, like men get spooked and that happens with anyone, but I think more so with men, it's like, if you're just like super eager, I think, especially going back to like their perception of like what women want in a relationship, Mm -hmm. they're going to be like, Oh, she's going to get clingy and she's going to want a relationship right away. If we're the only ones that are like, that she's talking to and all of that. So it's tough to show your hand in that way you kind of gotta keep them at bay a little bit exactly guessing. i agree i was just talking to a friend about that because the dating app talkify is like
0: fucking blowing up my fucking god they're just like always on my instagram ads okay and i was yeah. like honestly it just like makes me feel like why do you need me so bad to like join your <laughs> app like you're a little needy like talkify and like how ridiculous is that like through their algorithms, they know that like, <laughs> I'm single and fucking ready to mingle. And I'm like, you like, why do you want me so bad? So like, I also am that. So I, I don't judge guys for being that way. Because like, I am I am no. a in that regard. It's human
2: nature. Yeah. And it's like, Do you want to be Talkify where it's like you're in their Instagram ads or do you want to be Raya where people are like clamoring for an invite?
0: Literally have been on that waiting list for years. I will never get a (laughs) referral. Like it's fine. But like if anybody out there knows how to like get me on Raya, like I am here and I am (laughs) ready to party
2: help a girl out
0: <laughs> at load a show just go ahead and dm me right now on instagram l-o-d-o-f-a-s-h-o there we go done Let's slide in there just slide oh my plug myself a little bit not like uh jasmine plugging up her anus but you know just have yeah. to plug my instagram a little. Same,
2: same plug different situation mm-hmm. we cover all the plugs on this podcast I, I Love mean, we should. well-rounded so I also wanted to talk about confidence in dating. And I feel like you two are the perfect people to talk to you about confidence because so I found your podcast through Instagram, as you know, and like when I first found it, I was just like, damn, like these women are confident as hell. It was so respectable. It just like comes across in your persona. And so I'd love to hear about like, I don't know, like how do you embody that confidence? Like what did it take for you to kind of come into your own and own that? And do you have any tips for building up that confidence, therapy. especially when it comes to dating?
1: Therapy, mm-hmm. lots of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I definitely. I think I think something that you have to like call out there with confidence is that it is a journey, and it you have good days, you have bad days. Like there are times where I'm like, honestly. I should get a fucking tax write off because it is a goddamn <laughs> blessing to see me naked. Like, and then there's other days where I'm like, Oh, why would anyone want to look at me? Like it, it's definitely like a journey and you have good days and bad days. But I think it's also one, like taking time and space for yourself to like, honestly, unpack your shit. And we're like a lot of your negative mindset or like negative notions towards yourself. Like, where does that come from? And is it true? And also like, where's the source of that coming from? Like, did someone in like third grade make you feel bad because like you couldn't afford nice clothes. Like, okay, well, that girl's probably mm. in an MLM right now and like has never left our hometown. Like, <laughs> you know, so that's part of it. But also it's like recognizing what you're bringing to the table that, wow. Yes. Like we're all very similar in some way, shape and form. Like no one is like truly their own snowflake. Um, I do believe that you have to recognize the fact that you are a value and it is a privilege to have someone take space in your life, like you allow someone to take space in your life. And that is a very valuable and privileged position for someone to be in. And if that person doesn't value that, and they just kind of treat you like you're some run of the mill person, and that your time is expendable, then they shouldn't get a seat at the table in your life.
0: Oh, my God, what you said there, Jasmine, though, like it being a journey, like I was like, why am I so confident when like, I can walk into a room and like, immediately go and really go up to anybody and talk to them. And I think for me, it came from a lot of rejection. When I was a kid, like I wore glasses and my eyes like didn't look straight. And we were very, very, very poor, like very. And my mom worked at a child daycare where I had gone to school and then became homeschooled and people called her mean Mrs. Dole. And like, I don't know, I just. I then I then my mom got married and I had to go to Vegas and I felt like I was the fucking Katie Herring of my high school, not in a popular girl way, but like I definitely hid in the bathroom because I didn't know how to make friends and I had been homeschooled for so long. And then I was in a really bad car accident right after senior year and I had to skip the first semester of college and then I was in a wheelchair and then I had to walk with a cane. And like, if you can imagine being brand new at a college and literally having a limp and having to walk with an actual cane, like I just knew people were saying shit about me. And then I abandoned my religion. I don't know a better way to say that. But I, I, you know, I was a very religious person. And then I stopped being religious and, and found a different path in life. And that was really like my your entire identity is that and then I ended up having to move to another state for work where I didn't know anybody. And then that didn't work out. And I ended up solo traveling for a year where I was alone. And I would like literally give myself pep talks. Like I would look in the mirror because I didn't want to sit alone and eat. So I would look in the mirror and I would be like, Lauren, like people will like you. Like you are a fun girl. You are a nice girl. Like just go up to them and introduce yourself. Just do it. And I would like count to three. And then I would just like go up and I'd be like, hi, can I sit with you?" And, you know, like I've been turned down plenty of times, like I've been at a bar before and like asked a guy out and he has told me like flat out no. And I think for a lot of people, they would stop right there. And that would traumatize them to never want to do it again. But, you know, because I've had so much rejection in my life, I don't know what it is about me. But I like, I I don't see that as a way to stop. Like, I think it's also just my mindset. Like, if you tell me no, I'm just going to ask in a different way. And Mm -hmm. so I, I think there's some natural personality traits in there. I also think like I've excelled a lot at like my career and in my friendships, and I have an incredible hype team. And I just have like learned to believe in myself through trials and tribulations. And I think that has like what what's been what helped me come into my own and help me love have the level of confidence that I
2: have today. Wow. I love all of that. And I do think it's like important to call out that the rejection actually helped build your confidence because it sounds paradoxical at first, but I do think it's like when you're worried about getting rejected, you're like, how will I ever recover mentally from that? And then like it happens and you're like, oh, I forgot about it in like a day or two or maybe even less. Absolutely. And so just realizing like, it's not a crippling thing. It's like totally fine. It definitely builds character. And I also feel like, you know, sometimes you think like, oh, the people who seem like they should be the most confident on the outside, like you are, yeah, they seem like they should be the most confident because like they are traditionally pretty or whatever, you know, they aren't always confident. You know, I think that sometimes like I definitely wasn't popular in like middle school. I look back at some photos and I'm like, how did you let me go to picture day like this I hideous? (laughs) And so I've had to like generate my confidence in other areas aside from my looks and build character and learn to laugh at myself. And some of it is fake it till you make it. But then a lot of that does translate into genuine confidence. Oh, yeah. Like
0: I'm in sales, baby. Like I said, like I thrive from rejection at this point, like every no leads you closer to a yes. Like I said, I've gone up to guys and asked them out and they've said no. And for me, I'm just like, "Ah, that's great dinner story material. Like it's never a waste Mm -hmm. of time if you turn it into a bit. And like that kind of just became my motto. I love that. I love that.
2: And I will say, I can't be like, Oh, I'm so great at approaching guys. Like I definitely have areas to like work in, in terms of my own confidence and also just like my thoughts on approaching guys in general. But I do think that, you know, like one thing that I've kind of like taken from another podcast, like this host, she said that, it really isn't something that you should internalize if someone says no, because it's like, it has nothing to do with like who you are as a person. Like if you're rejected after you've been dating someone for like a year, that is a little bit different. And like, I think it hurts more because it's like, okay, they've gotten to know me as a person and then decide that they don't want to be with me versus like, okay, this person is a stranger. And like, you don't even know what's going on with them. And they're judging you based off like the two minute interaction. So they know nothing about you.
0: Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's like, I've felt many times in my life, like misunderstood, like the pink song, you know, and mm-hmm. it, I've had to come to learn that like, I used to get so upset when a guy like, would meet me and then not still be interested. And then I just I, I like, I stopped feeling that way. Like, I don't know, I, I really don't anymore. Like you said, if it's I've been dating you for a while, then it fucking hurts. But unless I feel the exact same mutual way. Uh, it's usually just an mm-hmm. ego thing that I might that's hurt, not like my actual feelings. But it's like if a brand new guy like stops talking to me off of a dating app or whatever the case may be, it honestly does not really hurt my feelings at this point, A, because it's happened so many times. I'm just numb to it. Mm-hmm. And B, because I, I realize what you said at this point, like it doesn't have anything to do with me. And if it does, that's okay. Like, it doesn't mean it's a negative thing. It just means we're not a mutual fit or like someone else got their attention or I'm not lo- what they're looking for right now or whatever. But like, it's not a diss.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you can't be perfect for everyone. You know, yeah. like, if you're everyone's cup of tea, you're really like nobody's cup of tea. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're okay. a fake. If you are everybody's cup of tea, like you're
0: fake. Like, I'm sorry. There's just no other way to put it.
2: Yeah, it's so true. And that took me a while to like realize too, like in middle school in particular, I just wanted everyone's approval. And then in hindsight, I'm like, Oh my God, like that person is a bad person. Like, why do I even care if they like me? So it takes a while to kind of get there, but over time, yeah, it's biological.
0: Like you said earlier, I mean, we are a pack mentality. Like we want to fit in while also differentiate ourselves because like you needed to do both to be able to thrive and not become extinct you know? Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm, Absolutely. I mean, okay, this is so amazing. And I feel like I could get your ladies insight into dating and all of your amazing stories forever, but I'll save some content so that my listeners can, you know, tune into your podcast where you get all the juice, but I'm not going to let you go before we play a game, of course. And so the game is really essentially red flag deal breaker, but for today it's fixable or unfuckable. Ooh. And so this is a scenario where, you know, you're hooking up with this guy. You learn this thing about him. Is it something that you're like, okay, like he's great. Otherwise I can work past this or no, it's an absolute Ooh, deal breaker I love for this me.
1: already. Yes, let's do this. Yeah, this <laughs> is
2: so fun. Wait, and it's like
0: fuckable, right? Like, so I'm not necessarily trying to date him, but like, can I still fuck him after this? Yeah. Like,
2: would you continue fucking him? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this first one. He can only ever come from a blowjob. So like, and this, I know that there are some people who it's like, okay, it's hard for them to come from sex. This is like a hypothetical where they will never come from sex. You have to go down on them.
0: Speaking from personal experience with the literal last guy I dated for a couple of months. Yeah, I clearly continued to fuck him, even though he, he came from sex one time, but that was two months later. I didn't think it was possible. And the only other time he had come Mm. was like, through a blow job. So I guess I was still down with it because I was like, perfect. I can just nut. And like, he doesn't have to come every time. So, like, yeah, if it's just fuckable, sure. Love why that. not? Yeah. I'm going to get mine before his, even if he just never gets his.
1: Yeah. <laughs> same with Lauren. Like, I mean, can that be annoying sometimes? Like, sure. Yeah. Like, cause it's like, all right, I'm already done. And there's inevitably going to be times where he's like, but I want you to finish. It's like, bitch, I'm tired. I want to go to bed now. But Mm -hmm. like, you know, and you (laughs) want, but you want to make sure your partner's fulfilled too. While that could be annoying. Like I would still say, yeah, fuckable. Like that's not a complete deal breaker. Yeah. I think so too. It's like, yeah, there, there's going to be times when I don't
2: want to give a blowjob. Like, I'm I'm exhausted. If it's going to take you a long time, that can take, I don't know. But I agree. It's like, I like giving blowjobs if yeah, I awesome. like you as a partner. So we can work with that.
0: Honestly, it's going to be hard finding somebody that's not fuckable for me, like as Jasmine knows. Wow. Okay. Yes. Challenge accepted.
2: <laughs> okay. So fixable or unfuckable, they literally never have and never will trim their pubes at all. Hmm. Fuckable.
0: I'm just not going to go down on them probably but for sure. Mm -hmm. Still fuckable. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Still fuckable. I would still go down them, but like probably not as like enthusiastically as Mm -hmm. I would with someone who like is trimmed, but yeah, still fuckable. Okay.
2: I'm going to make it harder. So these two people from both scenarios are now the same person. They only come from blowjobs and they don't trim their pubes.
1: No, no, none. Sorry. You got a double homicide. You got to pick one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: you can't have two like huge red flags like that. No, Plus,
0: there's just too many people in this world who would
2: fuck us. So like, I don't understand why I have to settle. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. Like, honestly, that's like the mantra of this episode. Don't settle for any of these people. Like you don't have to. Yeah, you never have to. Okay, so this one, it might be like offensive to some people. I don't know. But I was actually talking to my boyfriend about this. And I actually think it would be a deal breaker for me. They wear tiny whiteies that would not be a deal breaker
0: for
1: me. Yeah, I may not prefer it. I definitely like a boxer brief on a guy wouldn't be preferred, but wouldn't be a complete deal breaker when it comes to to the dirty.
0: In risky business, Tom Cruise wore tidy whiteys, And like, I'm here for it. Like, mm. give me those long white socks. I don't know. I think of it as like, he's in tidy whiteys. Like maybe he's like smoking a cigarette and like, wearing some like, I don't know, like an oversized shirt or something like, to where i can just see like his little butt cheeks like i don't know i'm not totally turned off by that
1: <laughs> i think it depends on their body type though i think those two things do go hand in hand like let's be honest like yes. if they had like kind of a dad bod and were wearing tidy whities i would get like peter griffin vibes and i would just be kind of like yeah. yeah. so i think there's like a distinct yeah. body type that has to go with it at, to yes. in order for me to be like all right yeah i'm totally down 100% yes yeah. Fair, that's fair, and I guess that's kind of the thing.
2: It's like if a guy's hot enough, he can pull off whatever. It's like that's why you normally only see like hot guys with man buns, for example, because it's like they're attractive anyway. They can pull it off. Right. But I just get the vibe of like a really skinny guy who is kind of like, oh, you look like an
1: adolescent, and like
2: that's not sexy.
1: Um, when I imagine tidy whiteys, uh, yeah, but interesting. Okay, pretty... yeah, if they look if they look like very boyish, like they're like s- like thinner guy. Yeah, like I would probably get super super turned off if they look. Very like young and adolescent. I'm not into that at all. No. Yeah, same. no, no, it, no. Thank it. you. Crossing
2: over into creepy. Yep. I know men want to date 17 year olds, but like women are not the no, same way.
1: So no, some women, but not. Yeah, I think no, 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 no. In my defense, <laughs>
0: he was 18. on. Oh. Oh. Okay.
2: Interesting. No <laughs> offline. <laughs> okay. He baby talks
1: in bed every time you have sex. No, deal breaker. No. Deal breaker. No. No deal breaker. Immediate. Absolutely not. Same. I had a guy do that to me one time and I was mortified. I was absolutely he, he would like be like, oh that's a good girl. Like and like he'd be like, Yeah, just like that yeah, huh, baby. Like he would talk to me so fucking Are weird. A dog? It, what the it was hell? so weird. And on top of it, he wanted me to like very aggressively squeeze his dick. Like to the point where I'm like, I feel like I'm gonna hurt you. And he's like, No, I want you to squeeze it as hard as you can. It was such a weird experience nice. it was so fucking weird Um, uh, yeah i've had that happen before hate it don't recommend i
2: feel like that is the type of guy who would now go to a dominatrix like it sounds like he really has some very specific needs he needs fulfilled agree
1: <laughs> i completely agree more
0: power to him not for me nope. not for me no. next I was like so the on yeah, show. Me.
2: next next immediately Okay. So the last one, and you know, this is sad because this isn't something anyone has control over, but every time you have sex, he sweats like so much that it's just like, it's all in your face. It's like in your eyes. Like sometimes it like gets in your mouth. Uh, I literally had
1: this last year deal breaker. It sucked. So I can't like, listen, (laughs) I already have a hard time finishing. Like I already, like everything needs to be like static for like five minutes. Like, same position, same stroke game, like nothing changes. Mm -hmm. Like, like, even if like the wind blows on me aggressively out of nowhere, I'm like, Oh, it's gone. (laughs) Now I got to start back over. This guy was like literally on top of me and like droplets of sweat were hitting my face. And I was just like, every time I'd be like, Oh, lost it. Yep. It's gone. Nope. Like, Nope. It's gone. And like, yeah, complete deal breaker. Jasmine, I'm so sorry that you've had
2: the last two happen to you. I am so <laughs> like, sorry I as well. We're just going to be hypotheticals.
1: Unfortunately, it is uh, you know, it, it being a numbers game in my life. Um, unfortunately, I have lots of stories, lots of stories to share. <laughs> uh, I've definitely had this
0: happen uh, on multiple, more than one or two or more than three or more than four or more than five occasions. Um, so I would say it's still fuckable. It depends on how attracted I am to the person. So I'm thinking of a few instances where I've gotten like their sweat, like, on my face, on, in my mouth, like whatever. And like, sometimes like, we're nasty. And like, if I'm a super attracted to him, like, I'm gonna lick up his sweat. And like, it's gonna be like a nasty situation but I like love to get nasty so I'm down for it as long as I'm like super attracted to the guy I have had it happen where he was on top of me and he was sweating on me and I was literally like I am going to actually throw up right now because (laughs) I am so unattracted to this person but I mean, if I think you're hot and I think like your body's hot, like I don't give a fuck. Like I'm like, yes, baby, sweat on me. Like let's slip inside all over each other. Like I literally
2: want to treat their abs like a slip and slide, and I'm like here for that. Oh, love that so much. Uh, that's a positive spin on it. I love that. I fortunately, I guess, haven't really encountered a super sweaty guy, but I think that's the take I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Like if it's the right person, still fuckable. Yeah, I think that's the case for like most
0: things. I'm like trying to think I of agree. like, what something else would be like a deal breaker. And like, I don't know if it's sad that I can't think of one. But like, I know they're out there. I,
2: I, <laughs> don't I, swear. I don't think it's sad. I think it's just you being positive and open.
0: Yeah, I just feel like I know I do ridiculous or what to some people are disgusting things, or I don't want to feel like I always have to be shaved or like, I don't want to feel like I have to be like some standard. So I try to like, give the same grace that I expect but again it really depends on like how attracted I am to this person like if I'm super attracted to them then like yeah like non-shave pubes like a bush and fucking sweat like I'm here for it I don't mm-hmm. care let's get gorilla like you know what I mean but like if I'm not that attracted to him like if it's like an eh, and he has any of those things I'm gonna be like oh no, nope, deal breaker deal breaker can't handle it so oh it just God, depends so on right. how attracted I am to them
2: yeah things are like really only a red flag when you don't like the person percent.
0: just like guys are only creepy if they're like reaching out to you and you're not attracted to them like yes. if a guy slides into my dms i'm like oh my god you're so creepy unless he's hot as fuck and then i'm like oh my god this guy slides into my dms i'm like hey, it's so hot <laughs> like or if a guy hits up me on the street i'm like oh my god like can i walk anywhere with a guy like not staring at me but if he's super hot i'm gonna be like oh my god like
2: hello daddy yeah yeah, <laughs> so- yeah. A hundred percent. Oh my God. Well, this was amazing. And I would love to have you plug where listeners can find your podcast, your social media, all of that great stuff.
1: So you can find us at the undateable podcast on Instagram, and then you can find myself at the dog Lord. And you can find me at load
0: of a show l o d o f a s h o and obviously you if you liked the content you heard and want to hear more you can obviously find us on apple itunes or on spotify at the undateable podcast so t h e undatable podcast and we're the two bitches with our asses out
2: yes yes can't miss them and if you enjoyed this episode please 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 share on social share with a friend tell the whole world about it as always, you can find my Instagram at Leslie Nope L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E. And you can find the podcast at Interstates and Heartbreak. Thank you so much, ladies. Thanks, Thanks, Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.